The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Well, so it is. We have 12 days from today, Thursday, October 25th, the election. An election that really all the world looks to, watches for it. It's the big drama. And it's the only place that Americans tend to look to to change our nation. Is that really the case? Did Our Lady come to nations, the presidents, to bring and establish peace? Did Our Lady come in 1981 to even the church? Strange, after all these years, Medjugorje is in every diocese of the world. It's too big to be stopped. It maybe could say the same thing we say in the political field. It's too big to fail. Medjugorje won't fail. Medjugorje won't be condemned. You can take that to the bank. It's impossible. The church would have never let something like this go for 31 years. This big. Without it being condemned. So why has the church approved it? Because God doesn't want it approved. 
titleship of the Catholic Church is not to be on these apparitions because Our Lady's coming to do something for the ages. For all the time the world has for left, it, it's time left, to give what we've done in this time a prototype of how those who will live through the greatest tribulation the world had ever known, how to survive it through the messages. And so we have a situation now that because we don't know where to go, we look to November 6th. And it's not that people won't put their hope in that. It's that they're so hopeless, they don't know what to grasp for except that. They fire the first shot. shows you a whole different direction. Oh, another way. Our Lady's come to the world to show us this. And you won't get it with a month's worth of prayer. You won't get it with a year's worth of prayer or ten years. The solution, and they fire the first shot, is 25 years of following the messages, seeing the walk, walking the walk, and revealing what Our Lady's shown us to execute a plan, a plan that will work. So that we won't have to put our faith in hopeless elections. That in the end, won't change anything. You tell me if George Washington, the whole Continental Congress was put in place, they're going to fix this situation? It's impossible. God himself can't fix it. Because it's up to us to fix it. How do we fix it? We have to start living righteous as a people. And then it fixes itself because God then can act. And until we get ready to do that, until we change our direction, we live differently. Don't look for evil to vacate his position. It's Our Lady's words, not mine, who says evil, or rather pride has come to rue, February 2nd, 2012, August 11th, 2011. Evil wants to rule and destroy the world. And now the February, it has come to rule. So you think evil is just going to simply vacate its position? Watch for some big fireworks 12 days from now. What's going to happen between now and then? I don't even know if the cover-up of the ambassador, the emails, we're getting reports we've read, showing that the State Department knew this before, which immediately could be seen because even um, Libya's president was saying this was a this was not a riot. This was predetermined. How stupid we can be to accept what those in power are telling us, including the president. But is he covering up something else with the election? The Trayvon Martin, if you read They Fired the First Shot, was a cover-up for something the president did. A huge cover-up. The Muslim movie, all this hooray about this, this is, it gives every appearance of being covering something else up. People are saying it's a cover-up for the lack of security. But is it a double, do, a double plan to cause attention of the media to be on this? That the powers that be can shuffle around in preparation for election fraud? Is that an app that to say? You can bet your bottom dollar there's going to be fraud. When the United Nations is called in to monitor American elections, 
because people on the left are worried, left-wing activists are worried and concerned that fraud may take place. So the United Nations has sent in officials that will be monitoring this because they think minorities may be kept from the polls. It's Jesus who said to Judas when he said, am I the one betraying you? Jesus turns around and says, it is you who say so. By them sending in monitors shows us the reason they're doing this is to cover up for what they want to, that people will be able to vote five times, six times, seven times. Happened in the next election, you can bet it's going to be huge in this election. So it doesn't matter who gets the vote. It's a matter that evil reigns. Evil will not vacate without a fight. The book shows us very clearly. We need to understand our enemy. And we need to understand him to know what we need to do. So we're defeated on a political playing field. The two-party system. They give us both of who they want us to take. And we've got to look means around that. And that's what our ladies come to the earth for. To show us a way around what man has done. And yes, first is prayer, fasting, the four basics, peace and sacrifice, contrition. But that's got to result in some manifestation of action. And so, They Fired the First Shot is a very important book. In its contents and in the context of what Allah has done for 31 years to lead us to this point, for this clash, this conflict, where that great struggle between Jesus Christ and the devil is taking place. This words of the harvester coming out is about the greatness. It's going away. We have a clear, defined way, and you have to decide for it. And so our nation's in peril. It's in trouble. It won't recover from the situations it is in. You can. You can make moves to change your situation. And that's what Medgenomics is about. Joan's story. This comes from a recently published book, The Debt Bomb, by U.S. Senator Tom A. Coburn. America today faces one of the greatest threats to its existence since our founding. The threat does not come from any foreign army or terrorist network, but from our own government and its unsustainable spending. If we don't change course in the near future, most likely the next two years, America as we've known it could soon be a shell of its former self. We could face a sudden economic collapse worse than the Great Depression, or we could enter an era of managed decline and waning influence. What is certain is that maintaining our present course is a mathematical impossibility. If we ignore this problem, we will condemn future generations to a lower standard of living with less freedom and less opportunity. Sooner or later, our debt bomb will go off. Our quandary is not unexpected. History has shown time and time again that debt can bring nations to their knees. Great powers such as Britain, Spain, France, 
the Ottomans, the Soviet Union, and the Roman Empire declined economically before they contracted, collapsed, or were conquered. In many cases, only a few years separated the height of their power from their irreversible decline and demise. Our founders understood this history very well. John Adams warned, Democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There was never a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. In order to avoid this fate and defuse our debt bomb, we need to retrace our steps. Go back to the beginning and look at how we got off course. America was founded not only on a shared belief in individual liberty and freedom, but also on a healthy skepticism of political power. Our founders had lived under the tyranny of monarchs, the ultimate career politicians of their time, and were determined to establish a different system in America. As Thomas Jefferson said, the natural progress of things is for liberty to yield and government to gain ground. Jefferson, in particular, warned the real threat to democracy would be the cost and scope of government itself, especially expansions of government that were not paid for. Quote, I consider the fortunes of our republic as depending, in an eminent degree, on the extinguishment of public debt. Unquote. Ignoring debt, Jefferson warned, would lead America toward the English career of debt, corruption, and rottenness, closing with revolution. Did you catch what he wrote? A healthy skepticism, skepticism of political power. What does it mean? It means we should never be yielding to government, giving it power, for good issues that it brings up. A crisis is sometimes brought about. The government offers a solution. And everybody says, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we can do that. At the same time, by doing that, government grows. And liberty yields its power to the government. Just broke out in the news that I just read a report Someone sent us said that the Family Research Council, which was attacked back in August by a lone gunman, he's being charged with terrorism. Now, the Family Research Council is a good organization. I've connected with them on different things. I actually attended one of the conferences before, written to them about different things, and they stand for traditional marriage. The long government stands the other way to, for it to be redefined. But there's a big problem with this that we would stand still and let this be charged as terrorism. It's attempted murder, it's assault with a weapon, it's whatever the charges could be charged in a conventional way. But it's very, very dangerous even though I'd be totally in disagreement with this guy, and if he killed somebody, he should go to the death chair. But it's very dangerous to give the government the ability to take American citizens and charge them with a terrorist act. 
Fort Hood was a terrorist act. We have drones every day sending missiles and killing people out in the streets in Afghanistan and other places that are known terrorists. They don't get a trial. We don't have to judge that. We know who they are. And that's war. This not this guy as one man is not at war. Who attacked the Family Research Council building in Washington D.C.? He's a criminal, with a criminal intent, and should be charged as such. The minute we allow the government and we yield to them under good reasons and accept this garbage, as this guy's a terrorist, you better watch out, church. You better watch out, cathedrals. You better watch out, bishops, priests, and laity. They fired the first shot goes into this detail. This is very, very dangerous. Because once you can see somebody as a terrorist, you can drone them on the city streets with a missile. You can take them even without trial. But see, this is a perfect scenario for the devil and for the evil power. Because it's attacking somebody who has a moral purpose, a comp- uh, organization, the Family Research Council, to traditionally marriage by somebody's the opposite way and charge him as a terrorist. And we might say that's good, or some may buy into that lie. But remember, every outlet you allow creates an inlet. So then we won't be able to biblically condemn these other people on the other side for abomination? Is that going to be hostile? You don't have to do an act. A hostile definition now is applied to somebody who could be labeled as a terrorist. We're moving into very, very dangerous territory if we let this stand. And nobody, I bet very few, will even raise an issue to this. It'll just slide by because they don't know how to watch the news. They don't know how to listen to the news. That's why we don't, because it's not news. You have to dissect this, look at this with the messages, and biblically, and liberty, and how our founders founded this nation. And and again, I take issue with this writer on this article, with democracy, equating us to democracy. This is a lie. We're a republic. Don't stand and accept that. They find the first shot covers that. They find the first shot is a textbook of a new mentality for you to possess, to fight, to confront. First with the reversing of verbicide, which is the distortion of words, a republic, form of government, to a democracy, which means you can vote for murder, which is abortion. And from there, somebody can see, once they establish this democracy, and terrorists and hostiles that you protest in an abortion clinic is hate. And hate now is classed that way. Do you not see where it's going? Do you not see England pastors have been arrested for just quoting the Bible? This is not going to stop. So we should always have a healthy skepticism, which is one thing I wholly agree with this author. A healthy skepticism of political power. Don't give them the power, even for a good reason, 
of this man who attacked the Family Research Council. And this is Washington's law. This is not federal law. This is a terrorist act of 2002, I think, of Washington's, Washington, D.C. You want your city to have that kind of power? You want to be classed as a terrorist and sit there and say, well, we can now translate that to mean if it's a terrorist, it's an act of war. And war, war uh, prisoners don't have right to trials. They can pick you off the street and not try you. And don't think that won't slide into being a Christian when that Christian stands up against abomination, anti-biblical mandates. We're there. And we're losing every day. That's why your whole cause, your whole purpose, your whole meaning right now of what you do and your actions, your activity, the fruit of your fasting and prayer for years is in They Fired the First Shot. This show is not about a promo. We don't care if you buy it. We want you to get the content, to spread it. This should be your whole purpose every minute of the day right now aside from your prayers and what is always caused to live in our actions. There is no more time to waste. This is the hour. This is the moment. This is, the, this is it. It's over for us if we don't act. Frank? Absolutely. That's it. The first shot is the most important thing we should be doing in spreading. But a, a, a friend uh, called that just came back from a pilgrimage to Medjugorje with Caritas and told me a story about somebody she met in Split. And she was astounded at how well this man understood these things. So I assume that he wasn't coming from Medjugorje, maybe was not even connected with Medjugorje. She was so astounded how well he understood the things we're talking about here, and particularly silver. And so when he finished telling her all these extraordinary things about silver, she says, how is it you know this? He said something very simple and very profound in the most important thing that we can understand about this. He said, I don't have a television. And this is very simple. To know the truth that Daniel says the wicked will not be able to see, that Revelation says the pure of heart sing a new song that no one can hear except those with pure hearts. You have to get rid of the media and, and these voices that violate the truth. TV is the truth violator. So, what truth are we speaking of? That it is impossible for silver to go down against any asset class. Certainly not dollars, certainly not stocks, certainly not bonds, but not oil, gold, land, or anything else. Because silver is an industrial metal. It can't be 15 to 1 to gold. We know there's 5 billion ounces of gold in world-known inventories. That would put silver, we'd have to have 75 billion ounces of silver. We know all the silver that's ever been mined up until now is less than 50 billion ounces. It can't be 10 to 1. We know how much we've thrown away in batteries, laptop batteries, computers, appliances, etc. We know how much is being used in solar energy, how much is in all the buildings in the cities and billions of ounces. So we know that Jesus, who loved our freedom eternally, who despised tyranny, knew these things, that God would make the most important monetary metal an industrial metal, 
most important industrial metal, and that it would continue to get more valuable. And I don't think it would be possible for Jesus, who loved our freedom so much, to not tell us what to do with the money changers of our time. And he did. In the parable of the 11th hour, many who are last will be first. He told us, we'll have, when they take control of the monetary system, it'll take us less and less work to get a day's wage. In a tenth of an ounce, it was a man's wage for the day to the 17th century. But there's two extraordinary parables, and he says that those that are last will be first, and it is the 11th hour. But two extraordinary parables that Jesus tells, it's the same parable with tremendously different amounts of silver. And in Luke 19, when he's at Zacchaeus' house, and he says there was a nobleman who went off, went on a journey to be king, and he gave ten of his servants ten manas, one mana each, about three months' wages, maybe six to ten ounces of silver, a lot of money in his time. And, of course, they didn't want him to be king, so seven, it doesn't even say what they did. I think they may have spent his money. We're faithful. One made ten from his one. He was in charge of ten cities. The other made five. He was in charge of five cities. You know the parable. The one took his mana, bought American eagles, and hid it in a napkin. Or no. But I wish that we would understand that if we, as you said, by God's help, we have to choose God. Yeah, Frank, well, go ahead and finish your point. Well, we have to choose God to reign over us. And what better way than having his queen mother's image on our silver? I wish we'd understand what you're teaching us about if we want God to help us, if we want God to reign, we just have to choose him. We have to honor Sundays, his day, and put the Queen Mother's image on silver. This is what's being attacked, our monetary system. This is the way to let the world know the Queen Mother's here. It's her time. And so the other parable that's extraordinary is where Jesus tells this parable again. But the amount of silver, it's not a nobleman, it's a man who gives one uh, servant 3,000 ounces. Not 6 to 10 ounces, 3,000 ounces. Probably $3 million in his time. Five talents. Another, he gives two talents, 1,200 ounces, 12,000 days wages. And another, he gives one talent. And the story is the same. Two are faithful. They double theirs. One buries his end of the ground. They say the same thing to the master. You reap where you do not sow. And he says, you wicked and lazy servant, you could have at least given it to the bankers and gotten usury, gotten interest. But, you know, by your own words, you'll be judged. Well, you know, so you, you come, uh, the point you make is, going back to the TV point to where you are right now, is you, you, you can't, you can't have clear thinking with TV. It runs interference. I see for a book I wrote years ago, which has resulted in tens of thousands of people throwing their televisions away, uh, will help you to understand that if you, if you scoff at it. You can't scoff at science. It says that. Science proves it. And so what Frank's saying is, is how can you come up with a solution if you are doing that? 
I, I read no more than three sentences about the Family Research Council and the attack this morning and this guy being charged with terrorism. That's all. I talked 20 minutes about it to give you insights that you'd never get from the television and that you wouldn't be able, capable, capable to come up if you read it in the newspapers. And so what we're talking about is seeing everything in the light of the message that our lady says that the light of salvation, the word is the light of salvation and common sense. So the word was made flesh. That's Jesus Christ. She's, she's revealing to us who is the light of salvation and common sense. You want common sense? Throw your television out. Get rid of it. Quit the newspapers. She said, well, I'm going to get news. We just did some research real quick. Came up with this this morning. I'm saying three sentences. And I gave you what the beginning shows us 25 minutes or so, 20 minutes of talking about this. You can't understand the navigations you need to go to economically, what you need to do, or you need to go with your financial decisions without removing yourself from those things that plug into your mind and redirect this ability to think clearly. So our lady wants us to avoid these things. She said, avoid television, especially evil programs. What does that say? She said, renounce television. What does that tell you? She says, quit reading newspapers because afterwards your heads are full of facts and you can no longer pray. You need prayer to navigate into the future. You need prayer to realize that we need to have a healthy skepticism of political power and keep them tight. Squash them. Make them small. The best and only legitimate government you can have Besides, only what is absolutely necessary is close self-government next to the people, localized. Everything else becomes tyranny because, as the writer said in this book, The Debt Bomb, liberty yields to grow government growing. And so what Frank is espousing is, is what can we get away from? Well, the dollar. Because the dollar's worthless. What do you put it into? Metal. Metal's not worthless. It, it, it doesn't have power or it's worth from government. The dollar does. It comes from the government. It comes from the Federal Reserve. The silver doesn't. It comes from God. God put worth in it because he made it rare. And he even made gold more rare. But because gold is so rare, it's the king's exchange. The gentleman's is silver. You want to be a peasant? Barter. You want to be a slave? Borrow. Those four categories. What category do you want to be in? You're not going to be able to exchange gold when something happens. Silver is the prime choice. Biblically, look through it. Peter, go down to the lake, open the fish's mouth, get the silver, uh, the silver coin, and pay the temple tax. That's what he sold his fish for. It's always been that way. So it's just reasoning. As Isaiah says, come reason with me, says the Lord, that we would put uh, a miraculous metal on a one-ounce silver piece to have a dual purpose because we know and we've been pro- it's been proven that the miraculous metal brings people to conversion. What if you were to put that and use the wealth that you have onto a round, a medallion, a one-ounce silver piece, that when you exchange it for a car or food or goods or services, they've got that. I was just shown in Georgia uh, a week and a half ago something remarkable. It was a it was a, 
coin struck in 650 AD, a Byzantine coin, and on this coin is a little cross above a big M. I could not believe it. The M is shaped just like the Miraculous Medal. It's an amazing thing. Where did that come from? I'm going to do research on it. I haven't had time yet. But this is ordained. Our Lady herself, for those who scoff, well, you can't do this on a, on a silver piece, the first rounds minted in one of the countries, I can't remember which, which Romania? Austria. Austria. The first ones rent, minted in Austria had Our Lady on it. That's sacrilegious. Sanctify what God made. He made silver. We want to sanctify the dollar bill, put God in God we trust on it to get God's stamp and force him to make it worth something. It's just our reasoning. We can go on. We're out of time. Frank, if they want to call you and discuss some of these things and ask you questions about receiving these silver medallions in exchange of to protect your wealth or one's, one's retirement or one's 401k, you want to give your contact information? Absolutely. There's just one point that I wanted to make clear, is that in Luke 19, it was they thought that it was the time for the coming of God's kingdom, and he told the story of the Manah and the nobleman. But in Matthew, he said, when, G, when he comes again, this will be what it's like. And this is what people are doing. They're calling us and getting talents. $18,000 will buy a talent that was worth probably at least 600000 in Jesus' time. And I got a lot of talents because of a book that was written by a man. The book was called I See Fire. And many of you have gotten a lot of talents because of a book that was written. It ain't going to happen. And the only time Jesus talks about gold in scriptures is you swear to the gold of the temple as if it were more important than the temple. That's the only thing I can find. The only thing praiseworthy in the Bible about gold is a wise man gave it to Our Lady to protect Jesus. And that's the best thing we can do with gold today. Give it to Caritas so Our Lady can protect the church with her messages. You can call us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. We'll be talking again tonight. This is the 25th. We will have the message coming in the next few minutes here. And so we'll be talking to you then. Until then, we love you. We wish you our lady. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. 
It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.